but as a good friend of ours, they live in Houston, and they're concerned about it coming right, both of them coming right toward them. So we need to pray for them. They called and asked us to. Mrs. Huckel is home. She got a cold, and uh, she called a while ago and said she couldn't come. Uh, a dear friend of ours, uh, Brother Jack Smith, he helped to start this church years ago. He owned Quality Cleaners. And we met in his cleaners when we started the church. And uh, I never will forget, uh, we were started out, we didn't have that much, didn't have anything really. And he came to me one day and he said, Now, Pastor, I'm gonna, I want to give $600 a week to support the church uh, until the church gets on its feet. And for two years, he gave $600 a week every week. And uh, I never will forget that. Uh, it was just a blessing. And I never will forget the day he quit. <laughs> because he comes to me and he said, Now the church is on his feet now. And it was. The church was doing real good. And he said, I'm going to have to cut back my giving now. But I thought that was something how the Lord used him uh, to get the church started. But he became one of our trustees here at the church and served the Lord here. But uh, his daughter called me last night and he's not doing good at all. And he's in the hospital and he's got dementia and just a lot of things going on with him. But uh, they really want us to pray for him and his wife. She's showing signs of dementia. And um, But uh, then Ms. Brand- uh, Ms. Wilson, uh, Juanita, uh, I called her last night and she's home. Uh, we talked to uh, uh, one lady called us said you need to pray for Juanita she's not doing good at all we don't know if she's going to make it I said well I'll call her I call her I'm home preacher I'm doing good and so <laughs> so you just uh, the Lord's good isn't he I mean it and so pray for those if you would those are the ones I know of and then B uh, I told you about it Wednesday night but uh, B is a supervisor for Frito Lay, and he found one of his drivers, 53 years old, dead in one of his uh, trucks. And they haven't figured out yet of what caused it. They don't know exactly what the problem is yet, but it's not the virus. It's just he had a heart attack or something. And so pray for B. Uh, he's having a hard time with that thing because he loves the people that he has under him, and he's a uh, very concerned about them and it really shook him up so just pray for that family if you would please pray with me please heavenly father so good to be in this place with your people today we ask you to bless the reading and study of thy word in jesus name we pray amen i was thinking about something here a while back and i wrote down a bunch of notes and things on it and if you've listened to the news lately, you've heard uh, that voucher, what his name is, the doctor on the virus and everything, saying that not only is the virus going to kill a lot of people in this country, but a lot of people are going to be committing suicide. They're going to have heart trouble. They're going to have all kinds. He's naming all the things they're going to have from being uh, cooped up with one another in the houses together and uh, there are going to be marriage problems, there are going to be family problems, everything else. Because it's sort of like a, I, I've thought about it 
when I was thinking about this couple that used to come here to church, and I guess they was in their middle age, and he was a truck driver, and he was always gone. And he'd come home on the weekends, though, and and it's like a honeymoon to him, you know. He'd be gone for four or five days, and he'd come home, and it'd be all right, and then he'd leave. Well, he said he'd retire. He got to the place he could, he could retire, and he stayed home. And uh, she came to me one day and said, Preacher, I want to get a divorce. I can't stand this. I said, what's the matter with you? And uh, because they love one another so much uh, up to then, and, and uh, she came to me and said, well, all he wants to do is sit in the kitchen and sit in the living room and watch me all day. He just lo- says he loves me to death. He just can't keep his mind off. He can't keep. He just wants to sit around and watch everything I do, and it's driving me crazy. <laughs> and I said, "Did you ever think that he might love you?" <laughs> but anyhow, now we'll forget that. That's what happens, though. Uh, you ever hear the saying, "Familiarity brings contempt," and it does. And where you like it or not. And uh, so I do know that a lot of people are going through stressful times during this time of being uh, cooped up with one another and can't get out because of this virus. And I had thought about something. We either ease up or crack up. Amen. And I, I wanted to go back and study what Jesus did. Now, Jesus is our example. He's not only our Savior, but in everything in life, He's our example. And I went back and studied some things. And we're living in these kind of days, you know, that people just, how how you doing? I'm sorry I can't stop right now. i got to go. And they don't have time to speak to you. I, I go shopping a lot now instead of my wife going. And I have a lot of fun with it myself because people just, uh, when they don't want to talk to you, uh, they don't want to go down. Uh, I can't stand these stories. You have to go down one aisle and come up another one. Just as sure as I want something, I'm at this end of the one. I got to go the other way and come back up. And I ain't doing it. And so I, every once in a while, do you see you're in the wrong lane? I said, well, you just walk right by me. How's that? And uh, so I'm just not going to put up with that stuff. Amen. But uh, a lot of people just can't handle it. They don't know what to do. They just can't handle uh, problems that come in life. Now, those who are supposed to know about these things remind us that we either ease up or crack up. Someone said to me the other day, I sure want to do so and so. I want to serve the Lord. Uh, but I just can't find the time. Now, in the middle of pressures and demands, How can we remain calm and peaceful? The Lord Jesus Christ gave us the answer. He personified now tranquility. Don't ever get the idea that Jesus had an easy life. Now, I'm not talking about the cross. I know He went to the cross, and there's no other terrible thing in the world than the cross. But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about His everyday living. And He's our example in that. Now, Uh, keep this in mind there never has been a person more busier than the Lord Jesus now he was crowded he was intensive active all the time and yet he was very calm and so completely restful now I want to read to you if you'll turn over to Mark chapter 1 I'd just like to read a little bit and show you some things 
that uh, it'll help us. Uh, Mark chapter 1, and uh, let's begin to read, please, in verse 6. And John would clothe the camel's hair, and with a girdle of skin about his loins, and he did eat locusts and wild honey, and preach, saying, There cometh one mightier than I after me, the latchets of whose shoes I am not worthy to stoop down and unloose. I indeed have baptized you with water, but he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost. And it came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized of John in Jordan. And straightway cometh up out of the water, he saw the heavens open, and the Spirit, like a dove, descended upon him. And there came a voice from heaven, saying, Thou art my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And immediately the Spirit driveth him into the wilderness, and he was there in the wilderness forty days, and tempted of Satan. Uh, if you look in verses uh, 15, 14 and 15, he began to preach the gospel of this same chapter. In verses 16 through 20, he called his disciples. In verse 21 through 28, he cast out demons. In verse 29 through 31, he healed Simon's mother-in-law. I never will forget what Dr. Tom Malone said. Uh, the Catholics and so on, some of them want to say that Peter was the first pope, and a pope don't have a wife. And he said Peter was about the stupidest guy in the world then because he had a mother-in-law and he didn't have a wife. And, uh, but uh, I, verse 29 through 31, Jesus healed Peter's mother-in-law. Verse 32-34, he cast out more demons and healed many. In verse 35 through 39, he prayed early, and then he preached a revival meeting. In verses 40 through 45, Jesus healed a leper. Now, in this just one chapter of the Bible, notice how busy Jesus was and the demands that was made upon him. Then notice the days he encountered in Luke 21, 21. The devil attacks him, uh, against him. And in the, the compelling drive within the Lord, John 9, verse 4, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. Now, what was the secret of Jesus' life? It's found in three priorities which reveal it to us. Number one, turn over to John chapter 5 now. John chapter 5. And I want you to look at verse 19 and verse 30. Verse 19, Then answered Jesus and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, The Son can do nothing of himself, but what he seeth the Father do. For what things soever he doeth, these also doeth the Son likewise. Go down now to verse 30. I can of mine own self do nothing. As I hear, I judge. And my judgment is just, because I seek not mine own will, but the will of the Father which has sent me. Now, these two verses and many others, John 8, verse 28, 42, 50, and 54, Jesus always said, I do always, always those things that please Him, that is, the Father. Now, have you ever noticed that Jesus never adapted any suggestions made to Him by another person? 
not even his nearest and dearest friends. John chapter 2 verse 4, speaking to his mother Mary, he said, uh, Jesus says unto her, Woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not come. Now again, in Matthew 16, verses 21 and 23, when his disciples wanted him to call down a fire uh, from heaven, Jesus said to them in Luke chapter 9 and verse 25, But he turned and rebuked them, and said, You know not what manner of spirit you speak of. Jesus set aside every suggestion because He took His suggestions and directions from His Father. If you watch a TV today and you watch a newscaster, you, your mind's messed up. I mean, it just is. I mean, who are you going to believe? I mean, everybody's got a different suggestion about different things. I mean, there's no... I don't think you can turn it to two to, to, uh, uh, news channels and get the same idea from anybody. Now... Jesus set aside every suggestion of everybody else and He went to one place to get His advice and that's to God the Father. And that's the best place you can go to get advice of life. Now, He was at rest because He knew uh, He was in the divine will of God. Jesus revealed His calmness and peace of mind by the divine control, number one. Number two... He experienced this control by divine communion. Mark chapter 1, verse 35. And in the morning, rising up a great while before day, he went out and departed into a solitary place and there prayed. Matthew 14:23. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray, and when the enemy was come, he was there alone. In Luke chapter 11, verse 1. And it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also told his disciples. Now, if you'll notice something, every day Jesus enjoyed violent communion with his Father then. Uh, Luke chapter 3, verse 21. All these things tells us that Jesus always prayed before he did anything else. Here's how you do it then. If you've got troubles in your life, what's the first thing you ought to do? Pray. Amen? Don't take somebody else's suggestion. Don't take somebody else's advice. Pray to God. Get His leadership. Uh, again, uh, look at Luke chapter 4 with me, please. Just back up now to Luke chapter 4 for a second. And look with me in verse 4. Luke chapter 4 and verse 4. I want you to look at the habits of worship. Luke chapter 4 and verse 4. And Jesus answered him, saying, It is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. If you go to uh, verse 8, And Jesus answered and said unto him, Get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Uh, look at verse uh, 12. Verse 12, And Jesus answered said unto him, It is said, said, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Go on down to chapter 4 now, with me just a minute. Chapter 4 and verse 17, And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah, and when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. 
What I'm trying to say is, Jesus had the knowledge of the Scriptures. Did you know if you, you want to settle something, the Word of God cannot lie. Remember that. I was talking to Barry, I think, last night. Or so. I believe it was him. And I've been reading all the way through the Bible, and, and I, I get a thrill just reading some of the things that's in the Bible that I've read over and over and over. But every once in a while, something catches my eye. And this week it was that God cannot lie because when He says something and somebody else comes along and says something different, you remember something. God said it. He don't change His mind. There's not one time that you can find in the Bible that God changed His command. When God says something, that's it. But you find a prophet, Balaam, in the Bible, and he came to Balak, a king, and the king came to him, I mean, he said, I want you to curse Israel for me. He said, I can't curse what God has blessed. God has blessed Israel. He said, but I'll make you rich. I'll give you position. He said, well, let me go in and pray about it. And he went in and prayed about it, and God said, don't you do it. You don't go with him. But he, then he came back. Later on, he said, look, I'll make you, I'll give you more money, I'll give you more position, I'll give you all these things if you just... He said, let me go then and seek the Lord and see what He says again. He went in, he said, okay, go ahead. He went on with him. And then you find later on that God took care of Balak because he disobeyed God. In the end, God said no. Same thing He said in the beginning. Amen? God don't change His mind. You find another instance of that uh, when you find a, a man that uh, uh, oh, is a prophet of God sent over to anoint a king. And he went over and he, he told his prophet, he said, now don't you go over in this land? Don't you take this vial of oil? Don't you anoint this king? Pour it over his head. This man is and make him king of Israel. And then I want you to run out of that city, leave that city, and do not stop. Don't eat there. Don't sleep there. Don't do anything there. Don't take any kind of morsel of bread. Leave that city and, and that town. And as he was leaving, an old prophet heard of him and heard what he had done. And he went and caught up with him. And he said, an angel of God sent me to tell you to come by my house. I got dinner for you. I got you something to drink and I have a place to stay the night. So he went with him. And when he got there and God spoke to him, he said, when you leave this house, a lion will eat you. He will kill you because you disobeyed me. And what, it, what that whole thing means, for an angel of God or any other person tells you differently than what God tells you, God is always right. He don't say something twice, meaning. He means it the first time He says it. And if we we're, if we got a problem in our life, we got something in our life, and we don't understand going along, you don't go to some man. You don't go to some religion or some organization and find what is your to do. You go to the Bible. And when the Bible says it, don't argue with it. Just do it. Amen? And that's how you have peace of mind. Look at the, the habits of worship in Mark chapter 121. I could give you all the scriptures of that, but the reason many do not experience divine control is because they do not enjoy the daily fellowship with God. I need that daily fellowship. I never realized, well, I have over the years, but I was reminded of it, let's put it that way, this past week, how much I need just reading the Bible myself. Every once in a while, you ever have a devil do this? You've read that before. 
You know what that's going to say. You don't have to read that. You can skip over that. No, you don't. You need to read it again. Because it's always something fresh and new there. Always. And you need to study it every day because it gives you control over your life. You know what to do. Notice the clock, uh, God, the divine clock that God used. Uh, John chapter 2. Turn, watch this, please. In John chapter 2, and uh, look with me in verse 4. John chapter 2, verse 4. Jesus says to her, Woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. Uh, look over in Luke. Uh, uh, no, no, John chapter 7. I'm sorry. John chapter 7 and verse 30. John chapter 7 and verse 30. Then they sought to take him, but no man laid hands on him because his hour was not yet come. In John 8 verse 20, John 17 verse 1, here's what I want to show you. Jesus knew how to live one day at a time. One day at a time. I told somebody I was praying on the phone with the other day, I can't go see people like I want to anymore. But when they call me, and when I call them, I want to have prayer with them on the phone. And I was praying with them on the phone the other day, and I said, now you've got to do this. You've got to take it one second at a time. One minute at a time. One hour at a time. One day at a time. What you're going through right now, you can't handle it all at one time. You've got to take it little by little as it comes to you. And Jesus knew how to take things one day at a time and to concentrate on all His energies on the God-given now and leave the yesterdays and tomorrows in God's hands. If there's one thing i found out all these years, I can't change yesterday. I don't care what I've done yesterday. I can't change yesterday. I can't handle tomorrow because I don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow. i got to concentrate on today. I want to do what's right today. There's something that's taught plainly from Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, to Revelation 22, verse 2. And all through the Bible, an old saying goes, keep the fences between the days. Now, that's something that every child of God has always to master. Live one day at a time then, and you won't have a breakdown. Live daily to enjoy communion with God the Father always submitting our will to His will. These are the secrets that Christ lived by and worked by in a calm and respectful life. We either ease up or crack up, and it's just that simple. God lets us know how to live an everyday life. But you don't live it all at once. Just take it as it comes. I was talking to a man just a day before yesterday, and I said, you know what? Just take one. Just take it as it comes. Whatever comes in your life, enjoy it. Take it what it comes. And you know, I found out something too. Everything in your life is put in your life for a purpose. Now, you can't know the purpose when it first gets there. But if you live every day at a time, God will show you that purpose for which it came into your life later on. You can look back on it and say, well, I declare. Isn't that something? how God used that, and I thought it was something terrible. But you've got to go forward all the time. Don't look back, and don't look beyond today. Just live today, 
and say, God bless me today. And she does, you'll be all right. I was thinking about this last night. I was writing some things down about this. I was thinking about Juanita. Uh, two or three days ago, everybody gave up on her. I mean, I called her and talked to her in the hospital, and, and I said, how you doing? She said, I'm not doing that well. And I talked to her about it, but just take it one day at a time, one step at a time now. And we prayed on the phone. And then I called her last night, and she said, I'm, I'm home, doing okay. You see, you, you can worry yourself to death about things that might not even happen. It's like a person told me, come off one time, she's, preacher, I just can't stand people talking about me all the time. And I was talking about this one person lived clean across town. They talked about me all the time, trying to do things against me all the time. And I looked at her across the desk and I said, Young lady, it would surprise you to know how little they even think about you. You know that? <laughs> we worry about what people think, what people are going to do to us all the time. And if we really knew just how much they think about us, it would hurt our feelings, amen? We think everybody, oh, they're thinking about me. I used to think when I was a little boy, and I never will forget this feeling. My cousin, me and him, was good friends. He'd come over to my house, and we would play on the farm. And, I mean, we'd have a ball. Well, when he'd leave, you know what I thought happened? It stopped. He can't do nothing without me. And, you know, I, I, when, I come, when we meet again, we'll take right up from here and go on. And I found out later on, he was doing things over there that I didn't even know a thing about. Going right on with his life. I got news for you. Everything around you is going right on with their life. Don't think it's all centered around you. You didn't. Everybody's got to live their own life. Let them live it. And live your own life. Get in control of your own life. And when you get in control of your own life, then you got the victory. That's the way you live peacefully all the time. Lord, let me take care of what troubles me. Amen. God's good. Amen. Father, bless now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you very much.